0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.
1: Who remembers that song? Let me see, show hands. Who remembers that song? That's quite a lot of people that went to Sunday school. I'm, I'm very impressed. I, I, as, I was, as I was thinking about this song, I remembered when, when I was in Sunday school, at the end of the song, it says, "And Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm coming to your house today. That's what it's supposed to say, but we used to we, we used to say, because I'm coming to your house for tea. But in the Bible, it doesn't say that Jesus went to his house for tea. So I was like, oh, I need to speak to my Sunday school teachers. There was no tea there. He just said, I'm coming to your house today. <laughs> anyway, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you all. Um, I really am honored and Really fortunate to be standing here this morning to share the word of God with you. Um, can we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful time, Lord, that we've had in your presence, Lord. I, I, I know that you are here. I know that your Holy Spirit is here. Uh, I can sense your Holy Spirit in this place, Lord. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be so sensitive to receive the word that you have for us this morning, God. I stand here knowing that in myself I'm not capable, Lord, but it is only through your Holy Spirit. That i can stand here knowing that you would anoint me father god i pray that that people will not see me but see the the cross of jesus lord the the whole morning this morning has just been pointed towards the cross of jesus and what you've done for us lord this morning we are so grateful and just prepare our hearts lord to receive your word in jesus name amen amen can you open with me in your bibles in luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 from verse 1. And you can read on the screen as well if you would like to follow us. And it says, He, and that's Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, and that's the people. He has gone into the he has gone into be a guest of a man who is a sinner. I want to start off by just giving you a little bit of context to the story. So where we find this particular piece of scripture, Jesus is in his final week, and he's going and he's traveling with his disciples to Jerusalem. And um, they have to cross through Jericho in order to get to Jerusalem. And they want to get there before the Sabbath. And um, Jericho is, is above sea level, I mean, uh, Jerusalem's above sea level and Jericho is below sea level. And it's quite a steep little climb that they have to get there. And, and like I mentioned, um, it's the final week of Jesus' life. And as I was looking at this and as I, as I was preparing for this morning, it is just so amazing that the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only, there's only four chapters that's dedicated to the early life of Jesus, so up to when he was 30. And that's a little bit about his genealogy, little bit about his childhood, but there are 58 chapters that's dedicated to the last three years of his life, which is his ministry, 29 chapters, the final week, and 13, his final 24 hours. And as we saw this morning, there's just such an emphasis, you know, on what Jesus did for us, what he he means to us, his ministry, his parables, his healings. There's just such a big focus in the gospels on the life of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful that, that we serve a God that, that is intentional about you know, his ministry, is intentional about showing himself real to each and every one of us. I was so encouraged by that. So, coming back to this little town or little city called Jericho. Now, Jericho was the, the, uh, Josephus. He refers to, to Jericho as being a fat land. It was a very wealthy place. He said that the Roman Uh, The Roman governors, they used to build their winter palaces in Jericho. It was a beautiful place. The Bible refers to it as a city of palm trees. Wonderful, beautiful place, Jericho. And that's that's where we find our vertically challenged friend, Zacchaeus. (laughs) Thanks for the one or two laughs. Appreciate it. (laughs) So Zacchaeus, as we can see, or Zacchaeus, as some people like to refer to him, he was the, the Bible says he was the chief tax collector. He wasn't a small ñana SARS official. No, no, no. He wasn't that person that stands behind the counter and says, Good afternoon or good, good morning, madam. How can we help you? He was the Edward Kisveta of the time. If you know Edward Kisveta, he's the SARS commissioner. That's who Zacchaeus was. But he had a problem. What was his problem? Yeah, somebody said it. He was short, he <laughs> was a short man. And as I was preparing this, I, I found, you know, there's, there's a lot of commentaries and oftentimes you have to look at one and look at another and kind of compare. But they said during that time, the average height of the people was around five, five foot five. That's quite short. So if the Bible says that he was short in stature, that means he was probably. Hi, my friend Zacchaeus, how are you? <laughs> He's probably quite a short guy. He was short, but he was the chief tax collector. But let me tell you a little bit of how he was selected to be a chief tax collector or to be a tax collector. So we know from the story that he was Jewish. And the the Romans were the ones that were were leading at the time or ruling at that time. And in order for you to to become a tax collector, you had to bid. So you had to make a bid to say, you know what, I would like to to collect some taxes on your, on, the, on behalf of the Romans. And you would then go about collecting the taxes, but what the Romans wanted, they only said, this is the amount. So let's say, for example, we want 50%, which is already a lot. But you, as a tax collector, could put anything on top of that. So they were, and they were taxed for absolutely everything. There was a poll tax, and you know what the poll tax was? That was just to breathe Roman air. Thank you very much, you are taxed. You had income tax. You had, if you had a cart, you were taxed. If you had, if you were a fisherman and you went to fish, you were taxed. You were taxed for absolutely everything. Doesn't that sound a little bit familiar in today's terms? (laughs) But here we have a situation where the people, and these are the Jewish people, they are taxed by a Jewish person, which is Zacchaeus, who's leading this team, so you can imagine, they weren't very happy with him. They were like, this is a traitor. I mean, come on. He's supposed to be helping us. The Bible says that he was rich, so that means that he obviously added uh, a couple of percentages on top of, of what was already a burdensome tax on people. But that was, that was Zacchaeus. That's, that's, that's who <laughs> Zacchaeus was. And, um, so the people really didn't like him. They saw him as a traitor and, um, and really, that's, that's actually quite ironic. Do you know why it's ironic? Because his name means innocent, pure, and righteous. <laughs> that's the significance of this man's name. Innocent, pure, and righteous. Now, if you were, I mean, last, last night I was just thinking about tax collectors, and I was thinking about Jesus refers to them. There's so much reference to tax collectors. Jesus called the tax collector, Matthew, to be one of his disciples. And I looked in, in, in Luke chapter 18, which is just one chapter behind. It's, it says in, in verse 11, this is a parable about a Pharisee that's standing and praying. And he says, so the, he stands and prays and he says, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. In Matthew 18, verse 17, Jesus again tells a story about what you, what you should do if your brother sins against you. And in verse 17, it says, If he refuses to listen to you, or even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and as a tax collector. So as you can see, these guys in Zacchaeus weren't, weren't liked very much. They weren't, they weren't the most popular people. And that brings me to my first point. And my point is, what is it that defines you? And you see, for Zacchaeus, what defined him was that he was rich, and his career defined him. He was a rich and he was a powerful man. Now, as you can imagine, being rich and be, being powerful often brings isolation. If you, if you had to think of, say, Patrice Mosepe coming and stepping in here, there would be a certain, you know, the, the average person would go, oh, that's Patrice Mosepe, you know. There's a certain distance that comes with being rich and powerful. And, um, and that's what happened. If you think about it, Zach, there was no one to help Zacchaeus. The Bible doesn't say there was anyone to help him climb up that tree. It's because he was isolated. And that's what sin does to our lives. Sin isolates us from God. It removes us from God. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus has come to restore us back into relationship with the Father. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And verse 18. For this is from God, who through Jesus reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is such a beautiful scripture. And is it exactly what happens? And we'll see later on what happens to Zacchaeus. There's a reconciliation that happens there. And we'll see later on, and I'll share with you a little later on, what happens in uh, what Zacchaeus does. So I'm almost certain that for a tax collector like Zacchaeus, he must have heard about Jesus. He must have heard, hey, there's a, there's a man called Jesus. Um, he might have even heard of his miracles. He might have even heard of the healings that Jesus performed. And perhaps he was curious to see who this Jesus was. You see, friends, Zacchaeus, he looked beyond what defined him when he knew that the master was approaching. He knew, he had an instinct that there's something wrong in his life. And he just had to see this Jesus. And there's something interesting about his character that happens. First of all, he had to be courageous. Think about this. Short little tax collector, hated by the people, right? Now he needs to, he's running to climb up that tree. And maybe that's why the Bible says he was running. Because he was trying to run away from people that were going to put out their legs and say, yeah, I'll walk over here and fall. <laughs> But he was, he was a short little man, and here he's running to climb up the tree. That must have taken some courage. Where, where have we seen, in today's age, if we look at our kind of politicians, where have we seen guys that are running? And, and, and what is running and climbing up a tree a reflection of? It's being childlike. He wasn't worried. He didn't care. He was courageous enough. He knew that I had to get up that tree to see this man that everybody's been talking about. It took courage and it took being like a child. And I was reminded in um, 2 Samuel 6 verse 14, it talks about David. And David danced before the king, danced before the Ark of the Covenant. He didn't worry what people thought. He didn't care. He knew that the presence of God was here and I'm gonna just do what makes and brings joy to the king. And that's what exactly what happened to Zacchaeus. He didn't worry. He's like, I don't care what people think. I am climbing up that tree, and I am going to see the Savior. And that's where I'm going to pause for a moment and invite Kuno to share with us.
0: Thanks, Ruben. Morning, guys. Uh, So, yeah, as as I read that story of, of Zacchaeus climbing on a tree, I was, I was reminded when I was growing up in rural areas. So, so climbing on trees to have a good view of something, it's something that is very common, okay? So there's a soccer match there, you find boys uh, on trees and branches are almost breaking. Uh, there's a political rally, you, you find the same thing. So, so, so I thought, okay, I don't believe Zacchaeus was the only person on the tree have a good view of Jesus. So I believe there were so many people there, and, and then my question was, why Zacchaeus? Why did Jesus pick Zacchaeus from that tree? And there are a few things we see from the word of God, uh, which we need to be aware of. So my uh, I'm talking about a point that says, reach out, step out uh, in faith. So so the first thing we need to, to, to be aware of as we come to Jesus, even as I look this morning, all the many people who came to church, we could have enjoyed our blankets and or sunshine. Um, but people come to church because we, we, we love Jesus and we're expecting uh, God to do a work in our lives. And 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 um so one of the most important thing that I I, I, understand, I see in the word is to be to be honest even an honest heart um, when you come to Jesus a heart of integrity that says you know what uh, here are my weaknesses, here are my failures here, uh, but, but I need your help Lord and and this is, this is the, the attitude that I see attracting Jesus um, also that is mixed with faith without faith. It's not possible to please God. Um, I I remember telling some friends, uh, saying, I found in the word that human beings are wowed or really amazed and surprised by miracles. When we see a miracle, blind person suddenly, as their eyes opened, the lame walk, the dead are, are raised to life, human beings go, wow, and we jump and praise the Lord. When we look now on the other hand, what was heaven? What makes heaven jump and say, wow, like we do when we see a dead person raised to life? It's faith. It's faith. The same way we jump when we see miracles is the same way heaven jumps when someone believes in Jesus. The Bible says angels rejoice and say, wow. When one person comes to Jesus, why? They don't understand. How can they believe in someone they have not seen? And that's what attracts heaven to us. Thomas says, no, no, I will never believe in this. That Jesus is, is a, I mean, rose again. I, I will not believe until I put my finger on the side where he was pierced and on his hands where the nails were put in. And eventually Jesus was visiting many disciples and, and he came when they were all gathered. Thomas is in there. You know what Jesus said to Thomas? So Thomas came and touched. And then Thomas says, My Lord and my God. He's now believing. But Jesus says, Guru, Blessed are those who believe without seeing. That's what wows the heaven. When you come to Jesus, you don't need to see. Just believe. If you feel that you are struggling with believing, say, Lord, help me in my lack of faith. Be honest about it. That, know what, Lord, I've got this problem I have. I need your touch. But I feel I doubt. I feel like I'm not sure if I'm going to be healed of cancer. I'm not sure if I'm going to be healed of this disease. Help me in my lack of faith, but I know you are the healer. That kind of honesty is the starting point. You can't do it yourself, but he can. And when you begin to walk in that level of trusting the Lord and believing in him, it attracts heaven. And I believe Zacchaeus. That's the one thing that attracted Jesus to Zacchaeus. So look at that man on the tree there. He ran as Reuben was saying. You don't see, one thing that I was not seeing there in those rural areas is to see an old man on the tree. These were boys and, you know, and, and the, their weight, the branches could carry the weight. And old men, you would be embarrassed if you climb up there. So to see Zacchaeus up there, rich men, honestly, that's crazy. What if you fall down up? You know? And, 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 and that kind of faith attracts heaven. We see it in Luke chapter 8, from verse 40. There's a woman there with the issue of blood that was flowing continuously. Um, and she came saying, if I can only touch the helm of his garment, I will be healed. And he, she came, touched the garment of Jesus, and immediately Jesus said, who touched me? No one answered, and the, Peter says and the other disciples, Lord, look, there are multitudes here, they are shoving and pushing, Everyone is just bumping against you. How can you say who touched me when there are so many people? All these other touches were not moving Jesus. He didn't care about them. But this specific one who touched me. And this woman says it was me. Because Jesus says, I felt power flowing from me to that person. Not to these other ones, but that person. Do you know what Jesus said? Your faith has made you well. Because the blood stopped immediately. So faith attracts heaven. And how do we get faith? That's another teaching. But we need it. We need it to attract heaven. We must build our faith to believe in God. Then the second part which I will talk about, uh, which is the last part, is this thing of reaching out. So Zacchaeus stepped out in faith. But that happened because Jesus, said he, first of all, reached out. He was walking along the cities, around cities and along the roads. And, and and I feel this is the season where the Lord is asking us as a church to start reaching out. Without reaching out, we will never see all the promises of miracles that the Bible talks about when Jesus says, Those who believe in me, they will do the works that I, I've done, even greater works than those. It, that's not going to happen if we are going to sit and wait for someone to, for something just to happen here. I remember a few years ago here in this church, 2009 around there, um, someone said to me, We were talking, I was talking to a colleague here, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And in Christ, and I said, yeah, you know what, I I, I think I need to, to go back to my usual place of uh, spending time in the Word, prayers, fasting, uh, just spending time with God. He looked at me and said, you know what, can I pray for you? And I said, for what? He says, you know, Joe Becker has got this spirit of performance. And... You need to be careful about that spirit. I need to pray for you against that spirit of performance. I was disturbed. You can't afford in this world where people are distracted from spending time with God. You hear someone saying, I want to do that. You say, ah, that spirit is not needed here. Eventually that person left this church. But, but I'm saying, we, I would rather have a church that is full of performance than dead people who are waiting for God to do something. And that's see what I'm saying? We are called to reach out. If Jesus, as powerful as he, he was, could walk along the roads, the streets, the cities, he, do you know he could have, he could just decide to sit at the temple or at a synagogue and people come. They were still going to come. But he would reach out, talk to people on the streets. And the Lord is calling us to that right now. And that reaching out must start in here. Some people come to church, they, they, they have been hurt by Christians. After church, they shoot through the door. They don't want to talk to anyone. I heard a story by Jennifer Ahoy. Uh, uh, she, she shared another story where she saw someone who was doing that for a long time. And one day she ran to the door and stopped them. And she spoke to them and chatted with them. And they were so resisting, and and she, she and uh, and, uh, and Trev offered to come to a place and do a bride, and they just bulldozed and went and do a bride there, and 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 apparently the the results of that family are, are, are wonderful. So I'm saying, reach out, look around, let's take a minute, look who is next to you. Do you know that person? So outreach begins here. Do you know that person? Take a minute. Don't shoot out. Take a minute to talk to that person. Let's get to know people. Let's encourage one another in Christ. And then the next outreach is out there to people who do not know Jesus. That's the primary reason why the church is on earth today. And they, I think we all know the whole, the whole world is upside down. Things that are happening, not only in South Africa, People are in despair. They are waiting for someone to just throw this matchstick. The, 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 the harvest is plentiful. The fields are white. Just the harvesters are needed. I remember I was sitting having dinner in with my colleagues in UK. So so just talking, the guys were talking there uh, and talking about child pornography, human trafficking. Wars that are happening, are drugs, and I'm just, i just quiet there. So one of the, the directors who we, we were sitting with there in that, in that, in that place said, "Kuno, you are too quiet. Can you say something?" So apparently, that, that their office in UK is close to a church. So I said, "Where can I start?" So I said, "I saw a church close to the office." Uh, and they say which churches? I said, say sorry, church, that church which they are renovating close to the office. And he says, yeah, but that one is now being turned into a gym. And I said, oh, okay, that's unfortunate. But I will not stop. What I want to say is, that's where the solution is. Jesus is the solution to all these things you guys are talking about. And I was surprised. Everyone, just the whole table switched. I thought they don't love Jesus in the UK. In the first world, the churches are closing. But I was surprised. The whole table started talking about Jesus. And just like I threw a matchstick, some Christians were quiet. They came alive because I just introduced Jesus. The world needs Jesus. So we want to pray this morning for Lenin team that is going to India for that very same reason carrying the gospel of Christ to India. Is it this coming this week? This Tuesday? So I want to call the Indian guys, the guys that are going to. <laughs> guys that are going to India. <laughs> Not Brandon. Eh? <laughs> So Brandon I'm, says I'm South African, I'm not Indian. <laughs> cool. Let's 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 pray for these guys, but but this is a call for all of us. I would like to call uh, all, all, all the elders to please come and, and, and let's pray for our colleagues uh, who are going to India this Tuesday um, to take this gospel to the nations because that's the
1: that's the answer to this world. Thank you. Let's let's give them another round of applause. And can I ask you? Can I ask each one? Can I ask each each and every one of you when you are praying this week and the next? kind of week and a half while they're away, please remember them. Pray for them. Pray for them. That God would really use them to be a light wherever they go. Amen. So coming back to our story of Zacchaeus. So we saw, first of all, that what defined him was initially his sizing, but but it's almost like he stepped out of what defined him, and he decided to be courageous, and he decided to be childlike. And, he, and, it, and Zacchaeus decided that, no, I am going to go beyond what defines me and I'm going to reach out to the Savior and I'm going to step out in faith, knowing that once I've met the Master, my life will change. And that, and that kind of leads me to my, to my last point, which is after, after Jesus went into Zacchaeus' Zacchaeus's house, um, there was a, almost a practical demonstration of change. Right, if we see in verse, um, in verse eight, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, "Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone in anything, I restore it fourfold." There was a almost a practical, instant demonstration of a changed heart in Zacchaeus' life. Now, for us to really understand that verse, we have to maybe go back into the Old Testament and. And look at what was required of somebody who, either stole or defrauded somebody. So there was basically three scenarios that could be played out. First, first of all, say for example, I, I took 100 rand from Brandon, and I, robbed him. But I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, man, I took 100 bucks from Brandon. And I decided no, I I'm, I want to restore that. So what I would do is I would, I would give him his 100 bucks plus a 20 percent, a fifth and then I would go to the tabernacle and would make a trespass offering. That's the first scenario. Second scenario, for example, if I went into Johann's house, went into his rabbit cages, and I, st- and I stole a couple of his rabbits. <laughs> uh, maybe I will. <laughs> and, I, and I take a couple of his rabbits, and, and something happens to them, or I kill them, or they run away. Then what I had to do in that instance is... I had to restore fourfold. And that's what Zacchaeus had to do. So it shows that he went beyond what was required of him. Because he knew the master had come. And the master. You see, when, we, when Jesus comes into our lives and he settles into our hearts, we have to go beyond what is required of us. Last week we heard but well, we need to act. We need to go out. And there's been such a beautiful, just... This morning while we were in prayer meeting, I, I had this picture of just, it's like almost in maths you get those brackets. It's almost like brackets that is flowing through the whole message this morning. From worship to the word to people going out. God is calling on us this morning. He's calling us. His Holy Spirit is. His Holy Spirit is reaching out, and and as as we were praying for the here, I was reminded of a story. There was a there was a there was a gentleman in our home group. His name was Lawrence Carney, and Lawrence used to do what what Kuno said and what uh, what Jen and them did to that individual. He used to come into church, and immediately afterwards he used to go for four months. He came in and he went. Came in, and one day, um, he, we uh, stopped and he started coming to our home group, and Lawrence started coming to our home group and um. We started. We started talking about the Holy Spirit, and we started talking about what what change happens in our lives and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we were, and we encouraged. And I remember that meeting. We encouraged everybody to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And uh, the following week, he came to home group, and he said, "Guys, you won't believe what happened." He says, after the after the meeting, he was driving to his sister's house, and as he was driving, he felt God speak to him, and the Holy Spirit speak to him, and he pulled over on the side of the highway, and he wrote down on a piece of paper. God was saying to him, Lawrence, stop seeking approval in man. Stop looking to man for approval. You see, what happens in this story is that the people grumbled, and the people were like, ah, Lord, how can you go to a sinner's house? But Zacchaeus didn't listen to what people, did because he knew he had an appointment with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't that beautiful? And what happens to, to, to Lawrence is that he clearly felt God speak to him. And within a couple of, of, probably about a month or two, he got sick. He got very ill. And eventually he passed on. But the one thing that nobody will ever, and I know he's in, he's in heaven and he's celebrating with Jesus. But the one thing that will never ever, I believe, that experience, that thing touched me, that God can speak to each one of us. God is here, and he wants to talk, and he wants to speak, and he wants to speak loudly to each one of us. And this morning, I wonder if you could just bow your heads for a moment. See, many years ago, there was uh, this famous British author. His name was uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and he was best known for his fictional writing. Um, He wrote Sherlock Holmes, the character of Sherlock Holmes, and one day he decided to play a prank on a couple of his friends and he wrote them all a letter and he said, flee at once, everything is discovered. And within 24 hours, all his friends had left. You see, there's a, there's a condition in our heart where there's something that's always missing. There's always The, the Bible says in, in Romans 3, for we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's something in our, in our hearts that, that is crying out, that is reaching out. For Christ and reaching out for God. And this morning I want to make an appeal. If there's anyone here, and and with with heads bows and eyes closed, if there's anyone here that hasn't met the Saviour, like Zacchaeus. If you haven't truly met the Saviour, I believe that God wants to truly meet with you and He wants to speak loudly into your life. So if there's anyone here that's this morning that you feel God is tugging on your heart, He's pulling, He's pulling, He's pulling, He's tugging. He's tugging. I want you to raise up your hand. Anyone here this morning that feel God is, is tugging at their heart, with every eye closed? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just raise up your hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I was wondering if you can if you can pray with me. And we can all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are loving God. That you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. And this morning, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to change me. To make me more like you thank you Lord Jesus that all heaven rejoices this morning because one soul has come to the knowledge of you father we thank you that this morning you are here and your presence is here Lord Jesus we thank you for hearts that are sold out to you father hearts that are inclined to your ear father I pray this morning that we will truly, truly hear what you want for us and where you want us to go, Lord. Lord, the story of Zacchaeus is, 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 is so simple if you think about it, God. So simple. Somebody that hungered and desired to know the maker. Simple, but yet so powerful, Father. And we know, Lord Jesus, that at the end of the story, you speak about the Son of Man coming. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And we thank you, Lord, that this morning you have come, that firstly you have you have come to seek and save the lost, Lord Jesus. And we celebrate and we thank you for that. And we also thank you, Lord Jesus, that this morning we are being commissioned, Father God, to go out and to reach out, Lord, for you, my God. May we never become complacent, Father God, in doing this. May we know that we do this for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Forgive us, Jesus, where where you have spoken and we haven't acted. May we act, may we go out, Lord, with hunger, with a new desire to spread the love of Jesus to those around us, Lord. And this morning, Father, I'm I'm so convinced that you're the one that puts your words on our lips, Lord. And where we might be feeling inadequate, Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would Remind us that you're the one that puts your words on our lips, my God. It's nothing that we can do, but it is all about you, Lord Jesus. It's all about your plan for humanity, Father. Your plan has always been to restore them back to the Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the season that we find ourselves in this church, Father, where the harvest is plentiful, Father God. We can see that harvest. We pray that you would send us, Father God. May we not become complacent, Lord. But may we step out and reach out in faith, knowing that you are right behind us, Lord. We thank you for such a beautiful morning, Lord, where you have spoken, and you've spoken loudly, and you've spoken clearly, Father God.
0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our
1: website at lrcchurch.co.za.